When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Optimal Living Daily, episode 831, Nine Subtle Lies We All Tell Ourselves, part one by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. And I'm your very own personal narrator, Justin Mollick, reading to you from some amazing blogs to help you optimize your life. I have another post from Mark Manson, who has a very popular book out called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. You can find it on his site, on Amazon, bookstores. I even saw it in airports when I was traveling. It's everywhere and very highly reviewed. And today's article is longer than usual, so I'll read the first half today and then finish it up for you tomorrow. So with that, let's get to part one of the post and start optimizing your life. Nine Subtle Lies We All Tell Ourselves, part one by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. When I was at university, I was convinced that I wanted to be an investment banker and work on Wall Street. A year later, it took all of about three hours in the cubicle miasma known as State Street for that dream to evaporate. In hindsight, I didn't wanna be a banker as much as I wanted to feel powerful and important. Fortunately, I found other ways to meet those needs. There was also a period of time when I was convinced that my ex-girlfriend left me because I wasn't good enough for her, and so I had to prove myself to every woman I ever met. But after a lot of overcompensation around other women, I eventually realized that I was fine and much better off without her. Then there was the idea that every bad emotion I ever experienced was a result of some underlying trauma and that by working through it, I was precipitating some sort of transformation in myself. Boy, was that one delusional. Spoil alert, sometimes you feel bad just because you feel bad. What I'm getting at is that we're often poor arbiters of our own emotions and desires. We lie to ourselves, and we do it for one obvious reason, to feel better. We may not know exactly what we're lying to ourselves about, but it's safe to assume that some chunk of what we consider truth today is likely nothing more than a defense against some deeper meaning which is painful to accept. By lying to ourselves, we mortgage our long-term needs in order to fulfill our short-term desires. Therefore, one could say personal growth is merely the process of learning to lie to oneself less. When it comes to uncovering our own BS, many of us rely on similar patterns to protect ourselves. Here are some common patterns I've come across in myself and people I've worked with. Number one, if I could just X, then my life would be amazing. Take your pick of what X is. Get married, get laid, get a raise, buy a new car, a new house, a new pet rabbit, floss every Sunday, whatever. Obviously, you're smart enough that I don't have to tell you that no one single goal will ever solve your happiness problems permanently. After all, that's the tricky part about the brain. 
The if only I had X, then mechanism never goes away. We're evolutionarily wired to exist in a state of mild dissatisfaction. It makes biological sense. Primates who are never quite satisfied with what they already have and want a little bit more were the ones who survived and procreated more often. It's an excellent evolutionary strategy, but a poor happiness strategy. If we're always looking for what's next, it becomes quite difficult to appreciate what is now. Sure, we can alter this wiring a bit through conditioning, learned behaviors, and changed mindsets, but it's an immovable piece of the human condition, something we must always lean against. So what does that mean? Learn to enjoy it. Learn to enjoy the challenge. Learn to enjoy change in pursuit of one's higher goals. Relish the chase, so to speak. A big misconception in the self-help world is that being satisfied with the present moment and working towards one's future are somehow contradictory. They're not. If life is a hamster wheel, then the goal isn't to actually get anywhere, it's to find a way to enjoy running. Number two, if I had more time, I would do X. Bullshit. You either want to do something or you don't. We often like the idea of doing something, but when it comes down to it, we don't actually want to do it. I like the idea of being a surfer and surfing in all of the cool places I visit each year. But every time I rent a surfboard, I get frustrated and lose interest after a few hours. I like the idea of being really good at chess, but I don't really put much time into it. On the other hand, I really do want to learn more languages, so I do take time out of my day to continue studying. People say they want to start a business, they want six-pack abs, they want to become an expert musician, but they don't want it. If they did, they would make time and commit themselves. Rather, people are enamored with the idea of their goals rather than the painful living that comes with living one's goals. Now you may say, oh, Mark, you don't understand, I'm so busy. But choosing to be busy is a choice of investment of time. And you invest your time in the things that matter to you. If you're working 80 hours per week, that was something you wanted more than all of the other things you say you want to do. And if that's true, then you can always choose to stop working so much. You can choose not to work at all. You can choose to value your dream more than money or sleep or eating at your favorite restaurant every week, but you don't. Number three, if I say or do X, people will think I'm stupid. The truth is most people don't care if you do X or not. And even if they do, they're gonna be far more concerned about what you think of them. The truth is that you're not afraid because other people will think you're stupid or lame or obnoxious. The truth is you're afraid because you will think you are stupid or lame or obnoxious. This is a worthiness issue. It's a lie that is born from an insecurity of not being good enough. It has nothing to do with how mean or nice people around you are. The people around you are too busy worrying about what you think of them to care. Number four, hear that in tomorrow's episode. You just listened to part one of the post titled Nine Subtle Lies We All Tell Ourselves by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. I'll finish the rest for you tomorrow and I'll keep this ending super short for you so that will do it for today. Thank you for being here and subscribing. Or if you're not subscribed, make sure you are to get part two of this article delivered to you automatically right when it comes out. And I'll see you in that show where your optimal life awaits.